Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Around Christmas time, I got an email from my friend Phil. None of you know him. He doesn't live in Linfield. He's an experienced preacher and I've known him for many years. A confident man of God. He was used to preach on the last Sunday of the last year in his home church up in the Midlands. One he was very familiar with, yet suddenly he was filled with nervousness. He emailed a few friends, something I've never known him do before, and asked for prayer for his preaching. About the same time, there came to my attention a picture that challenged me and encouraged me. Little picture here, no good holding it up, you won't be able to see it. A picture of 20 teenagers queuing up to be baptised. A wonderful moment in these youngsters' lives, responding to the challenge of Jesus Christ, going through the wonderful experience, symbolising dying and rising with Christ. And all this happened within a couple of days of Christmas. And at Christmas, among the presents I received from family, I got a CD, a new CD from Stuart Townend, because everyone knows I love Stuart Townend's music and the lyrics, that wonderful opening hymn we sang by Stuart Townend and Paul Getty. All these Stuart Townend hymns inspire me. But this CD is a little bit different from the other Stuart Townend CDs I've got because the cover shows a rather solemn-looking Stuart Townend and the message inside reveals that he'd come through a difficult time in the last 12 months. You may be wondering, why is Mike telling us stories instead of doing what he usually does, open up a passage of the Bible and talk about it? Well, don't be alarmed, I, I am coming to the Bible soon. But this accumulation of stories, and we could go on, couldn't we? They serve as a reminder that one of the ways God speaks to us is through stories. This book, the Bible, that we love and we hold central to our lives, it's not primarily a compendium of systematic theology. It's not, as we preachers sometimes like to say, it's not just a manual of instructions, a series of laws. It's a book of stories. How God interacted with people, ordinary people like us, People come in a variety of shapes and sizes and different personalities, don't they? But God has been interacting with these people for thousands of years. And these stories are stories of people's emotions, their experiences, their successes, their failures, their sins. And of God who interacted with them. And that's why Christian biographies are so popular, aren't they? Whether they're old, old-time Biographies of people like John Bunyan or Amy Carmichael, or up-to-date testimonies, stories of people like Nicky Cruz or Helen Bahani. One of the lessons of the letter of James, 
which we've started studying in our home groups. If you're not a member of a home group, have a word with me. They're wonderful opportunities to get to know some of the church members a lot better and to study God's word and see how it applies to our lives. But we're looking at the letter of James now. We've only just started, so you won't miss much if you start a home group this year. One of the lessons of the letter of James is that it doesn't matter what you say you believe, it's how you put it into practice, how you live your life. It's not enough just to talk the talk. You have to walk the walk as well. So I want to see what we can learn from just that small selection of stories I've already shared with you and to link them with two Bible passages. First of all, let's go back to the Old Testament. 3,000 years we're travelling back in your time machine. Stuart, you conveniently left it here for me. So we're going back 3,000 years to the time when the people of Israel were on the brink of entering a, a promised land. A land that had been promised them by God, promised to a homeless people. A new leader is taking on the challenge of leading this difficult, fractious people. His name's Joshua, and he's got a huge task on his hands because these people have over 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, tried Moses' patience, and let's face it, they've tried God's patience too. And you can bet that he was nervous, wondering how he was going to do it. But God gave him a wonderful promise. God said to him, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We used to sing it, didn't we? Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. That was the message to Joshua. Joshua's story interacted with God's power. And this man who understandably was probably fearful of how on earth he was going to live up to all that was expected of him, experienced God's power and strength. That's why this story is in the Bible from 3,000 years ago. Then, to our New Testament reading. Thank you, Betty. I'm glad you didn't leave the second half out because that's really what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Peter, that most impetuous of Jesus' 12 disciples, he does something that must have shocked the other friends of Jesus, sitting there in the boat with him. In the teeth of a gale, some of us don't go out in a gale, even on firm terra firma, do we, even on our lovely paved pavements. But there in the teeth of a gale, with the wind whipping up the waves, and there's this ghostly figure, Peter abandons the safety, the comfort of the fishing boat, and takes a step, literally a step, that would seem to result in his certain death. Either he's mad, or his faith is unbelievable. Okay, we've got two Bible stories and three contemporary illustrations. What is the one word that links them all? Faith, faith, a good guess. Not the word I'm thinking of, it's not the word on my notes. (laughs) Courage. And in fact, it's the title of Stuart 
Chowden's CD, Courage. Courage. Something that God expects of us. Courage. Joshua had a far bigger challenge. He faced a far bigger challenge than either you or I will ever face. But God says to him, be strong and be courageous. I'm commanding you to be courageous because I'm going to be with you. So it's not a foolhardy thing to be courageous in this tremendous task you want to do. It's a logical step because God is with you. I was never called to lead a nation. But my story is of God tipping me out of a secure job, a secure career in an insurance company, and starting a new life as a Bible student at the age of 45. It was great. I felt nervous. I felt out of my depth at times. And yet that was a tremendous encouragement to me that it was God who had called me and God who had promised to be with me. And my story interacted with God's in a wonderful way that changed my life and opened up new opportunities that I would never have dreamed of. Peter showed immense courage, didn't he? We love criticising Peter, we preachers. It's easy to find his faults. He showed immense courage in stepping out in the midst of those waves. Would you have done it? Even if you've been certain it was Jesus there walking on the water. So when Jesus says, come, I thought of stopping the reading there, but I thought, no, let's carry on. No, you did stop the reading there, didn't you, Betty? Come, come. Yes, very powerful. Gene had an experience many years ago when we were doubting whether God was calling us to Brazil or not. And the reader read from Isaiah 6, the call of Isaiah. And he stopped on the word, go. Couldn't have been more powerful, could it, Gene? God speaks to us from his word. And in fact, Jesus said to Peter, come. There's a popular Christian book that is entitled, If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. It takes courage, though, doesn't it? It takes courage leaving security. It takes courage responding to a call to do something that you know that in your own strength you're not able to do. Some of you I know have responded to challenges like that. They're not big challenges like walking on water or like leading a nation of people in the wilderness. But they're important for your life And God is looking at your life and my life to see how we respond to his challenges. See whether we have the courage to step out and say yes to God instead of keep saying no. Are you faced with a challenge? Something now you're thinking about even as I'm speaking. Some challenge, something God is telling you to do. He is with you. He will enable you. Let's go back to my friend Phil, the man who sent me an email on Boxing Day. A man I've always known as confident and self-assured. Except that two and a half years ago he was diagnosed with a nasty cancer that resulted in a lot of unpleasant treatments. But praise God and thanks to the skill of the doctors, he's now recovered. 
And the reason he was feeling nervous was this would be the first time he'd preached for two and a half years and he'd lost his confidence. And he has the humility, this confident, experienced preacher, to write to a few friends and say, please pray for me. Pray that he will have the courage to get up and deliver God's word. And God did bless him. God is faithful. Some of you are facing challenges, facing situations that you can't get through without God's help. God can be trusted. God is calling you to show courage to get through these situations. What about those 20 teenagers queuing to be baptised? Isn't it wonderful? Oh, if it were to happen here, wouldn't it be wonderful? Yeah. We've got a baptistry here right under where I'm standing. It can be opened up for those who are willing to make this courageous step of commitment to Jesus Christ. But I didn't tell you where those 20 teenagers were, did I? Those 20 teenagers are in Vietnam. And they are queuing there to be baptised, knowing that coming out as Christians will almost certainly involve them in persecution. Vietnam is a communist regime that allows no dissent and has a history of suppressing religious minorities, wherever they might be. And these teenagers have got the courage there in the open air by a river to say, I want to follow Jesus. You know, one of the dictionary definitions of courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. The ability to do something that frightens you. These teenagers had courage, didn't they? They must have been scared if they thought about the prospect of prison or torture or no career prospects or losing family members, whatever it might be. It doesn't take much courage to be baptised in England. It takes a little bit, but not much, not compared with those who are being baptised in many parts of the world. Perhaps God is challenging you to be baptised. Talk to our minister about it. He'll guide you and he'll answer your questions. And if you'd like to receive news of persecuted Christians, have a word with one of our mission team, Helen or... Leslie or Jean or Terry have a word with one of them and get yourself on the mailing list so that you can be up to date with what God is doing amongst persecuted Christians and back to Stuart Townend and his CD entitled Courage in the last 12 months he has lost his brother to cancer and he writes of how this has been so difficult for him, how this has caused such pain and challenged his faith. And he writes on the CD sleeve. He says, courage is not a word I've been particularly fond of. It conjures up for me macho images of war, invulnerability, winning. But in the last year I've been challenged to recognise and engage with another kind of courage the courage to be myself, to admit to the pain in my life that has made me the flawed individual that I am, to overcome my shame and to admit that pain to others, even the courage to sit with other people's pain, 
without judgment or offering solutions. Stuart Townend's story has come through a chapter of pain, of self-reflection, God has been with him and enabled him to write new songs, some of which are very solemn and reflect that pain. The second definition of courage is strength in the face of grief and pain. Strength in the face of grief and pain. I do know some of you are struggling with grief, with pain, for some of you, your story has led you along a path that you wouldn't have chosen. For some of you, you're needing God's help at this moment, even sitting there in your seat, to cope with the grief that has invaded your life and to cope with the pain. Let Stuart Townend's lesson help you to face up to that pain, to share it with others, and to be sensitive to others' pain too. That's what God has called us together as a church to be. We don't just sit and sing jolly songs together. We're members one of another, says the scripture. We're bound together in a way that can't be separated. We feel each other's pain. We rejoice with each other's triumphs. We laugh with each other's joys. And we weep with each other's tears. Courage the courage to face the pain but we share it with one another and God shares it with us God doesn't spoon feed us I know it's a popular picture of us being carried by God but it's not the way I see the Christian life God calls us to be courageous to step out like Joshua did to step out like Peter did to step out like those teenagers did to be courageous like my friend did and get up there and preach even though he felt so nervous. And when we face with courage, whatever situation you are facing, whatever stage of your journey you've reached, we will know that wonderful blessing of God that enables us to respond to that challenge, to fulfil that task and to live with that pain and that grief.